No, it's not been that at all. It's been numerous setbacks, numerous challenges, numerous, you know, failures and disappointments and, and obstacles yeah. along the way. And it's been, oh, can I really do this? Am I cut out for this? And crying and weeping about whether I was even yeah. able to do what all these other people around me could do in four years, I can do in 10, right? I thought, what's wrong with me? What is wrong with you, Charmella? What, why can't you do what everyone else can do so easily and so well? What, what mm -hmm. is wrong with you? you know, what is your problem? And I ceased to think that way. I stopped thinking that way. Radical mm -hmm. shift in my framework of mind. I began yes. to honor my journey as my own. Welcome to another episode of Holistic by Nature. I'm your host, Brittany Cannon, a plant-based registered dietitian and holistic health coach. Today, I have an episode that is going to focus on holistic healing, mental health, and help you with embracing your unique health journey. I interviewed Sharmila, who is a mental health poet, independent model, content creator, and above all, a human just like you. In this conversation, Sharmila is sharing her challenges with mental health and overcoming a rare neurological condition that traditional doctors couldn't even help her with. I'm so happy I started this podcast because I love having this opportunity to share these vulnerable, raw conversations about these personal topics many of us face. So pour yourself a cup of tea or grab your favorite beverage and let's dive into Sharmila's health journey. Okay, so just for all the listeners, formally introduce yourself. So sure. tell us your name and a little bit more about what you do. Of course. So my name is Sharmila. It's S-H-A-R-M-I-L-A. -A. My Instagram handle is whatever, spelled out just as is. Sharmila, spelled out just as is as well. I am an independent model, a creative writer, a content creator, graphic designer, event hostess. I walk in runaway. I walk in fashion shows. I'm a newly emerging music artist as well. And I'm a spoken word performer. And so I consider myself a jack of all trades. But the beauty of that is that I don't consider myself a master of any. And I'm okay with being not master of any. I'm okay with just mastering my peace of mind and that being the only thing that I master in life. Yes, I absolutely resonate with that. And look at all the amazing things you're doing as a result. I love it. <laughs> I could not be where I am today had it not been for my recovery journey. And I'd love to, you know, let you know about that as time goes on in this podcast as well. Yes, definitely. Because, you know, we're all trying to figure it out being in our 20s and going through life as crazy as it's been. So anyone that's sharing positivity and how they're getting through things, I I just really want to highlight that because I just feel so proud of everyone. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm right there with you. I believe in giving people their flowers, you know, especially when yes. they work so hard and so tirelessly to get to where they are today. Absolutely. Yes. And just for a backstory for all the listeners, we met at the Philly Create last summer. Um, I forget which, I think it was like the fourth anniversary or one of the anniversary ones. Um, but so, yeah, that was actually my first time getting into modeling. So I love seeing like your journey and it's only been like a year that I've been tapped into it. So yes, because the day I'm speaking to you today is the day I was at the Philly Trade casting call. So it's interesting how the world works, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I love it though. <laughs> um, okay, so 
Where to start? Um, you tell me which order you prefer telling your story because I know you have a lot to it. And I specifically saw that one piece that you posted. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. So I can start so. with, so I know you had asked me questions regarding not only my journey with Yang Institute and my condition, but you also asked me questions about my mental health as well. And that's something I've dealt with for a long time for almost all of my life, especially my young adult life. And so I'll start there and then I'll go into the condition I deal with present moment, present day. Okay. So I began my mental health journey at the age of 16 years old. And, you know, I, in my mind, I think that's too young for anyone to go through anything of that nature, right? You know, you're only 16 years old. You're still learning how to navigate the world, still learning how to be a, a person, still learning what it means to love yourself. And then here you are dealing with crippling depression, crippling anxiety, psychotropic medications, psychiatrists, psychologists, mental health institutions, psychiatric wards, you know, it's just, it's so much for someone at such a young age, you know, for anyone, of course, yeah. but it's at a young age of just 16, you know, and so yeah. that's where it began. I used to think of it as me being cursed at that age. I used to think that's when my curse began, but now I think of it as that's when the evolution of myself began. So now I'm reframing yeah. it in my mind. The evolution of myself as Sharmila Chowdhury began when I was 16 years old. And what a journey, what a blessing, what an invigorating sort of chapter and, and multitude of chapters it's been for me and how I've grown as a human, as I've grown as a person. And I am just immensely thankful. I'm just filled to the room with gratitude for all the lessons I've learned, the insight I've gained, the perspectives I've added to myself. And it's just wonderful. It truly is. And so yes. at 16, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder as well as crippling anxiety. And even as a young child, I suffered from tremendous anxiety. And I couldn't tell you why. I'm very grateful, mm -hmm. very fortunate that I grew up in a very stable upbringing, very stable home, stable foundation. My parents are remarkable human beings. Fortunate beyond measure that I have, that I am able to say such a thing, right? And yeah, I know absolutely. how but for some reason I was plagued with fear as a young girl I was always so fearful and my mother knew it best because my mother I would ask her all the time mom mom am I, am I gonna be okay am, am I gonna be all right mama please tell me am I gonna be all right and I would ask her this every day every single day many 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 times a day and I'd be afraid of all kinds of things. And one of the manifestations of that fear turned into a phobia of vomiting, actually, of you know becoming ill, physically ill. Yeah. I developed this absolutely paralyzing phobia of vomiting at a young age, at the age of three years old, if I'm not mistaken. I grew wow. into this phobia. And it paralyzed me from the age of three until 13 years old, imagine. And it was so yeah. terrible that it would come to down to a mind game for me. It wasn't mm -hmm. just, oh, I don't like the idea of being sick or, oh, I don't like what throw up smells like or looks like. It was so much deeper than that. It was, yeah. if I were to be sick one day, say just one average day, I caused stomach bug, which as humans, we're you know, prone to do at some point or other in our lives, right? It's natural yes. for us. If I were to catch a stomach bug from that day forward, I could never wear those clothes again. I could never eat those food I ate that day. I could never partake in the same activities I partake in that day. I could never do any of those things. And I remember very vividly in grade six in, high, in, in middle school, I mm -hmm. had an incident of, of becoming ill at school. And which is, of course, humiliating for anybody, you know, of course, you know, you don't want to ever have that happen to you. Yeah. But for me, having the phobia, that destroyed me. 
And I remember I got ill that day. I got to the nurse's office and I literally, you know, I literally got sick in the nurse's office. And from that day forward, every day from that day forward in my grade six year, I would mm-hmm. go to the nurse's office every single day methodically at that exact time and complain of a stomach ache every wow. day. Yeah, that's deep. And it was paralyzing. It was literally paralyzing. And I I didn't understand it. I couldn't understand why, why do yeah. I have this fear inside of me? What what created this fear? But it would be other things too. It would be big crowds, loud noises, people talking too much, this, that, mm-hmm. the other. I was just so fearful as a young girl. And that developed into anxiety as a young adult, you know, actual chronic, you know, debilitating, continuous anxiety, where yeah, everything that makes anxious. Sense. You know, everything in the world would be anxious. You know, I was afraid to be a person, let alone do anything I was doing in this day and age now, you know? And yes. then I developed depression. So depression and anxiety, what's interesting about depression and anxiety is they're almost like very opposite forces within your brain. So typically in my experience, I can't speak for everyone's experience, of course, but in my experience, yeah. they were almost like very opposing forces, ricocheting back and forth within the confines of my brain, like a racquetball match that never ceased to end. You know, it was just maddening for me. Because on yeah. one hand, I my depression say, Shamila, you're lazy, you're a failure, you're a disappointment, you're a burden, you can't get out of bed, all you want to do is sleep. But then I had this other force, this anxiety saying, Shamila, get up, get up, get up, get up, do this, do that, do this, do that, do that. come on, what is wrong with you, what's wrong with you, what's wrong with you, like sirens in my head. Yeah. So I do with both simultaneously, oh, was a nightmare in itself. A I can imagine that's exhausting and then for years at a time that's years yeah. years and that included me living abroad for two of those years I lived in Germany for grades wow. of high school and I was bullied severely intensely extremely harassed humiliated shamed and embarrassed by the entire school population in that high school they made my life a living hell oh, for two goodness. years great and I would beg my parents every day I would say mom dad please get me out of this environment. I cannot grow here. I cannot be a person here. I cannot bloom in the ways I want to bloom here in this toxic environment. But unfortunately at the time, that was the only international school in the entire region of Bavaria, imagine. So I had nowhere else to go. Really? Oh my gosh. And it was, you know, imagine, you know, here in the U.S., you know, there's all these resources in place for mental health. There was no such resources in place for mental health in Germany. At that time, it could be different now. I can't speak on it now, present day. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it was um, just drink a lot of water, Sharmila, and uh, take a few deep breaths, and you should be okay. I thought, what? Yeah, like I wanted to die every day, and you're telling me drink more water and take a few more deep breaths. Like, what? What is that going to do? I'm I... exactly. Oh, that's so sad. And, you know, and 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 part of the harassment was that a lot of the students spoke German fluently, and I couldn't speak German fluently. So they would actually mock me and let me in German, knowing I couldn't understand what they were saying. And they they got off on it. They were like, "Oh yeah, she can't even understand this. Let's make it feel worse for her." Yeah. You know? Oh my gosh. Ooh, very that's cool. crazy. Yeah. That's where it began. That was just where it began. Not where it ended. Not where it went. It was where it began. At sixteen. Yeah, years old. and you already had the, the you know the health level. Now it's like your outer community level. Like it's just all. And these I had things, nowhere like, to turn. I had no, and, yeah. and 
my, my, my siblings and my parents, they loved living in Germany. They had great experiences, great exposures, great mm. friendships. My father was the, uh, the vice president of a medical engineering company based in Germany. I mean, he was paid literally to move there. And the, and the schooling was paid for, the housing was paid for, because they're like, we value you so much as an individual and a businessman. We want to bring yeah. you on our own accord, on our own expense. And my mother loved it there. She loved the lifestyle. My sister loved it there. She loved her friendships. My brother loved it there. He loved the soccer. And here I was mm -hmm. thinking, what is wrong with me? Why am I being targeted? Why is my life being made a living hell? Yeah. What did I do wrong? What have I done wrong to, to create this reality for myself? It was treacherous to say the least. I can't even imagine. And like I said, especially, you know, I'm all about understanding how all the different aspects of our life affect us. So seeing that you've had the, all these different things at the same time, it's just like, oh, I can't even imagine. So but that's where my journey began. And, you know, yeah. and now I look at it and I'm grateful for every experience I've had, even the most absurd, unusual, and unpleasant, because they've helped me get to where I am today. I you love know? that. I love that. Because being empowered by your own story, you're unstoppable. <laughs> you know? And no one can take that away from me. You know, no one <laughs> can say, oh, I want to dim your light or dull your shine because of what you've been through. You can't do that with me. There is a force field surrounding me now, an yeah. energetic aura, a force field where you cannot deter me. You can't even try. I love that. Absolutely. And that's how you know you've really gone through it and got, you know, got the lessons that you needed out of it. And as you continue to, you know, so let's fast forward a little bit. That way. was where it began, <laughs> right? Then okay. age 18, 19, those were also pinnacle years of my life. So 18, 19 was just messy in, in the best way I can explain. It was just messy. I had been um, basically told by my school I was attending at the time that um, I was not stable enough to attend that school, emotionally stable enough, that I had to seek professional help. They said, you know, go on medical leave, go on medical withdrawal, do what you have to do, mm. but you cannot be at our school anymore being as unstable as you are. And I thought, wow, the school that I'm using as my foundation, my consistency, my routine, my stability, my grounding is telling mm -hmm. me I can't even be here anymore. So that truly changed how I felt about the course of my, my very life that time. Yeah, and I went to this very special school as a result. And to this day, I get teary eyed thinking about it because it helped me so much at that time in my life. It was a school, ironically and interestingly enough, called Impact. I-M-P-A-C-T. Oh. And what an impact this impact had on me. Because oh. it was exactly and precisely what I needed at that very time in my life. So essentially, it was a small school, very tiny. I'm talking maybe 10 people in the graduating class, right? Maybe okay, 30 yeah. in the high school total. And what it was, it was very interesting. I had never heard of anything like it in my life before this. But mm -hmm. it was half of a day was spent, typical academic studies, you know, so whatever course materials, course, you know, work you had to complete, you completed. Yeah. But the other half of the day was spent in group therapy. Oh. So you had half the day dedicated to coursework and half yeah. the day dedicated to trained psychologists and physicians that led you in group therapy sessions with the rest of your peers and students. And it was- Yeah, I've never heard I of that never, either. 
I had never thought of, I never even envisioned before, let alone experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly what I knew in that moment. Wow, that's crazy. That came full circle. <laughs> and here I was prior to joining the school thinking I'll never graduate high school. I'll never even survive past graduation high school. Yeah. And my thoughts had become that dark at that time that I thought, I can't even make it. What am I kidding myself? And here I was going to the school, graduate with distinguished honor roll and gave a speech at my graduation. Yes, I love that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Like and to this day, I am forever thankful for the therapist that helped me in those days. Yeah. When I couldn't find myself on my own. Absolutely. And sounds like there needs to be more of those. <laughs> more of those because it saved not only my life, but countless other lives at that same time. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm super glad that you shared that because that is a unique experience. It was. And it made you feel so cared about so heard so validated mm -hmm. so listened to because they would literally check in with you about various things you know you could be having a difficult relationship with your mother uh talking mm -hmm. with your father uh you know challenging one with your sister maybe you had friendships that were not very healthy for you and they say hey how are you doing with those today what are your feelings on those today do you feel resistance do you feel opposition do you feel gratitude do you feel appreciation do you feel growth or do you feel like a setback coming and they would check in with you routinely about the various yes. traumas, challenges, adversities, and hardships that you were presented with in your life individually. And, you know, that's something most people don't have because of everybody's, you know, got their own issue going on. It's like this cycle. And, and it was at the some first point it has time to stop. Since being in Germany and being bullied, I felt truly heard by someone other yeah. than my family. I was mm -hmm. like, wow, they really care about me. Yeah. They really care on, on a deep level, enough to give me tough love when I needed it, you know, enough to say, <laughs> hey, pay attention, you know, do this, do that, you know, <laughs> yes. at that age, I was like, oh my God, here we go again. But looking mm -hmm. back, oh my goodness, what a joy and treasure it was to be a student. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> that was high school. Then we entered gotcha. college years. Now, yeah. frankly speaking, I never thought I was ready for college because I had a very, you know, topsy-turvy high school experience as you can you know, now know through Germany, yeah, yeah. impact. And what was interesting about impact was even though it helped me and saved my life in so many ways, it didn't prepare me for college. It wasn't meant to, it wasn't meant to do that. It wasn't meant yeah. to be academic program with distinguished honors no it wasn't meant to it was meant to help you survive let literally yes. you know it meant to help you say hey you can get through your high school years and i'm going to show you you can it wasn't meant to say hey we're going to do honors roll and uh you know all of these scholarships it wasn't meant to do that that wasn't its purpose that wasn't its aim so when exactly. i went to university i felt like very poorly you know prepared i felt like i, mm -hmm. I, I was not cut out for it you know and my That's sister and brother my younger sister and brother I have two siblings they both okay. went to traditional high schools. So they had to deal mm -hmm. with geometry, arithmetic, you know, calculus, statistics. I dealt with none of those things. In my university, my school that I had to impact, they didn't have homework. Yeah. That was one of the, you know, the perks. They had no homework. Yeah. You went to school, you got your work done there, you had therapy in the afternoon, and then you went home. Yeah. So no, I <laughs> you know, I didn't feel prepared for university when that came. And that hit me like, oh a ton of bricks. I was like, whoa, wait a second. Here I am wanting to pursue a higher education, 
but not even having the right tools and utilities in order to do it, you know? Yeah, so what's yeah. interesting is uh, my university experience has been far from the average, far from the normal. And I made a mm-hmm. post about this recently. I don't know if you saw the post I made about this, but I made a post dedicated to Temple University, which is where I attend university now. Yeah. And I did this beautifully vulnerable post that I never had the courage or guts to ever share about before, before now. And I said in the post, I said, my journey as a university student has been far from the average. It has not been a traditional four years in and out. It's not yeah. been dorm life and fraternities and sororities and good grades and good reasons. No, it's not been that at all. It's been numerous setbacks, numerous challenges, numerous, you know, failures and disappointments and, and obstacles yeah. along the way. And it's been, oh, can I really do this? Am I cut out for this? And crying and weeping about whether I was yeah. even able to do what all these other people around me could do in four years, I can do in 10, right? I thought, what's wrong with me? What is wrong with you, Charmella? What, why can't you do what everyone else can do so easily and so well? What, what mm-hmm. is wrong with you? you know, what is your problem? And I ceased to think that way. I stopped thinking that way. Radical shift mm-hmm. in my framework of mind. I began yes. to honor my journey as my own. Because each yes. and every one of our journeys is subjectively ours. No exactly. one can take away from us. No one can compare your journey to mine and say which is better or worse, faster or slower. No one can do that because I will never know what it's like to live your life and you'll never know what it's like to live my life. But there's beauty and strength in that. Absolutely, and growth and and magnificent, yes. marveling wonder in that to know that my journey is mine, and how dare I try to invalidate my own journey that I've worked tirelessly to be on all my life? Exactly. Yes, yes, and it's kind of like when you you know you're always wishing for the next thing in your life and not realizing like right now this is something that you wish for or you dreamed about yourself Absolutely. being. I'm like you're not even the life that I've always dreamed of. The little girl inside <laughs> yes. me has dreamed of this life for all 29 years of being a human. And it's yes. mine now. And, and I can't tell you how beautiful and special and wonderful that feels. Absolutely. And you're doing an amazing job right now because I know this is going to be so inspirational to someone who needs to hear it as well. <laughs> <laughs> So I made this post and for the first time, I didn't have any shame. I didn't have any embarrassment, any feelings of being an imposter or a disappointment or a failure. I thought, no, this is my journey. This is my life. I'm going to honor it like it deserves to be honored. Exactly. Because no one else than me knows how much work it took to get to where I am. And no one can take it away from me either. Nope. Not, not even a little bit. And if anything, it just makes people reflect on their own journeys. <laughs> and I even ended with my post. I said, if you feel as though you're behind or falling slack, challenge that notion in your mind. Be kinder to your brain. Say, I'm doing the best I can with what I have in this very moment. And that is to be celebrated. Yes. And it's, it's so powerful speaking to yourself like that instead of, you know, those quick, comments that we make like oh I'm so stupid for thinking that or oh I'm so right. stupid for feeling you that treat your brain with <clears throat> kindness your life will radically dramatically change Absolutely. in ways you never even imagined or envisioned for yourself yes that's exactly the way I say it too okay it says it right here unexplainable because yes. mine. 
like that. <laughs> perfect, perfect background right there. And actually, your butterflies match uh, the butterflies. I love it. I am all about butterflies. Literally, all about butterflies. Like, look, this is my literally my wallet. You know, like everything. Oh, yes. Butterflies. yes, I love it. But you know, everything it represents the transformation and just like the you said, appreciating. Yes. you know, and the metamorphosis of ourselves. You know, it's beautiful. It's a stunning thing. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh my goodness. So um, speaking on the mental health thing, what inspired you to speak out, be able to speak out on your mental health struggles? Sure, sure. So it's interesting you asked that because I think one of the aspects of my mental health journey that devastated me most, that brought me the most profound pain I've ever experienced was I always felt as though I was fully alone. And everything I went through. I felt fully mm -hmm. isolated and alienated in what I went through. And it was paralyzing that pain to feel yeah. like you were the only one going through what you went through. And when I learned that I could inspire other people and let them know that they're not alone and what they go through, they'll never be alone. They've never been alone in what they go through. What a wonder that was. Yeah. When you can make someone feel as though they're not alone in something that is begging them to feel like they are alone in it mm -hmm. they're giving their power yes yes absolutely it's like they, you can feel lighter <laughs> because you know the reality is we are human you know we are inherently social creatures that are bound to go through all kinds of trials and tribulations and one thing i've learned through all of this is that kindness begins with the understanding that we all struggle yes exactly and you know, it's it's a humbling thing to realize like how many of us are actually we're all on the same level in that sense. You know, and we all you need to have that fundamental and embrace that vulnerability, your relationships, your bonds will actually become stronger, not weaker, stronger, infinitely mm -hmm. stronger. Yes, like you said, it goes back to that, like that polar opposite that that you were feeling. Like, same thing, like you know, we have those polar opposite negative thoughts, but it's like you said, better than you imagine on the other side of thinking that way and just transforming. And sharing, your, sharing your humanness with other people, the right people will never be deterred by it. They will never be deterred by it. If anything, they'll be like inspired and empowered and encouraged and uplifted by it. They will not be deterred. If they're the wrong people for you, they will absolutely be deterred. They're like, um, you're doing too much. You're being too sensitive. You overthink you catastrophize, you're dramatic, you start drama. Yes. I'm sure you've heard this before. I've heard them plenty before. Oh, you're just like, <laughs> you think too much. No, 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 no. Yes. Leave that behavior and talk at the door. <laughs> exactly. Over there, please. <laughs> All the way over there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like before I'm you let that come out, you should have realized I that was your- And I am able to feel all the wonderful and painful and dynamic emotions that it means to be a person. I'm allowed, just like you are allowed, just like anyone else is allowed. And how dare anyone invalidate you or belittle you for your ability to be human? Yeah. And ultimately, we have the power to let them invalidate us or not. You know? Yeah, but some of us, you know, we, because of traumas and because of hardships and adversity, some of our barriers are weaker, you know, and that's yes. very valid, you know? And I've met plenty of people that have weaker barriers, weaker, you know, force fields when it comes to those kind of things where they are not. Yes. Evil to assert themselves or establish healthy boundaries because they've never had healthy boundaries or had stability before, you know? No, absolutely. And I've and definitely heart, been there. I hope those people. I hope that they heal. I hope that they find peace of mind.
Absolutely. Because like, it, it's so empowering when you get to that point that you can establish boundaries and keep your word and the, to and the yourself. And the wrong people hate you for it. They will absolutely <laughs> tell you like a mosquito for it. They'll be like, absolutely. oh my God, how dare you love yourself and value who you are at your core? How dare you tell me what ways in which to respect you and honor you? Oh my goodness, you're being out of line. I'm like, not, yeah. not exactly. <laughs> let's um, try let's it again. Let's try it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when let's your ego isn't talking, we'll try that again. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was going to say, there's another way to look at that situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I will always, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a lifelong student. And that comes with yep. anything, both with academic material, both with my relationships interpersonally how I communicate effectively with other people in my life. And I'm always learning, I'm always absorbing new information. So I love when people tell me, hey, you know, Shamila, when you made that comment, when you said that thing, it kind of upset me. It made me feel a little bit, you know, I love that. Please, by all means, tell me so that I can yeah. learn and remember <laughs> and take that with me and apply it moving forward so I can strengthen my bonds and not Exactly, them. exactly. I completely agree with that. And it's it's something about that awareness that it brings to you, like you said, that then you can carry it forward and remember and that. Learn from it because you know, yes. in our generation, one thing that's so common but so problematic is ghosting, right? We love to ghost mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, honestly, but I don't think you know either, right? I mean, just, no, no. People like, <laughs> like what communicate right just talk just tell yes please like what are you yeah. afraid of <laughs> what are like what is the worst that happens when you speak your mind exactly you feel, you feel understood validated <laughs> seen listened to oh my god those are treacherous you're right yeah you know? right? run the other way <laughs> <laughs> but i'd rather block you on all forms of social media and never speak to you again and i'm like make it make sense <laughs> yeah, and then you know only for them to never process it and you know never down the line something either. comes up like never heal no. from it because you know they say drinking drinking poison waiting for the other person to die that's what resentment is resentment mm -hmm. is like drinking poison waiting for the other person to die it just kills you in the end it makes your stomach hurt they could be living their yeah. best lives glowing shining vibing and you're here with a stomachache wondering what happened <laughs> yes it's so real though <laughs> yes oh my goodness and and one thing that will always get me and I laugh about that because it's just kind of funny is like people that are, are very you know kind of complacent with themselves like they're like oh I can't grow anymore I'm already done growing I am never done growing and not until the day I pass away will I ever be done growing or learning about how to be better about, about myself never. exactly yes yes exactly. you know and, and people just that are, are our age and are like oh I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm cool on it. I'm like, ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, like, oh, I promise you that is not going to work. <laughs> like, because everything all, else keeps We are all evolving. work in progress. You know, we are yes. all a work in progress. Every one of us. No one is unique in that regard. We are all works in progress. We're all learning to be better, yeah. to be whole, to be fuller, you know? And I love this one quote. And it says, we can be a work in progress and a masterpiece simultaneously. Yes, me too. I have always connected with that quote because again, it just allows you to embrace like where you are right now and also know that you're always- And where you want to be one better. day soon, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> it really, you know, just, it's a great reminder. And a lot of things that we've said so far are such great reminders that even I need sometimes. And you want to, you know, probably you the same, like, 
even though you've learned from it, having the reminder is also just as like, you never know what you'll get out of it again. <laughs> Absolutely. And I believe in words affirmation. That is my love language through and through. You know, I believe it with myself, how I communicate with my own brain and my own mind, but how I communicate with people I love, people I care about, people I value yeah. my life. And if in my room, for instance, you'll see words affirmation everywhere you look. I mean, literally <laughs> every single wall has seven different words of affirmation. Yes. <laughs> your anxious thoughts. I hope you're healing well. Be patient with yourself. Slow progress is still progress. You know, growth mm -hmm. is beautiful. All of these things, it's okay to be anxious. You're not hard to love. You're not hard to value and to respect. Respect exactly. is the bare minimum, you know? Yes. These are yes. all over my space. I adorn my space with these words because they mean so much to me. Yeah, I love that. And that's something that, I, you know, I try to get people to do is put things where you can see them, you know, things that are inspiring to you. You know, some people might not be into doing like a mood board, but like, yes, for your this. artwork and things in your space, put it out there. <laughs> So now I want to get into my neurological journey, which is its own demon, its own monster in itself. And um, mm -hmm. I'll start with saying that I was diagnosed with an incurable, resistant to treatment, very misunderstood and misinterpreted neurological condition called idiopathic hypersomnia. And most people think, idio what? <laughs> I, thought I thought that too. I thought, idio what? Yeah. Now, what's interesting is idiopathic quite literally translate as unknown cause or origin. So exactly. Or where this comes from, let alone right. how to treat it effectively. And I was diagnosed a year and a half ago, nearly two years ago. And oh my goodness, it turned my world upside down in a hurry, quickly, dreadfully quickly. And it is a paralyzing condition, which Basically, it's complicated in the sense that there's not one, you know, factor or one symptom that overrules the others. But one I okay. will mention, which is important for anyone yeah. listening or anyone with us to know, is that essentially with idiopathic hypersomnia, my brain, not anymore because I'm getting treatment, which is helping me, but before my mm -hmm. brain never entered deep restorative sleep. So I could sleep literally oh. 14, 15, 16, 17 hours mm -hmm. in a given evening and wake up feeling a million times worse than I did when I went to sleep in the first place. Oh, no. A state of chronic self-destruction and chronic sleep deprivation. Yeah, wow. And, you know, sleep is so important for the brain, as we all know, right? It's so important. Yes, absolutely. That's how your brain detoxes that's how your brain regenerates itself you know you yes. need sleep in order to do that so me not getting sleep for a year and a half of my life created a host of paralyzing side effects i can't even imagine not <laughs> severe and what i began to think was irreversible severe and irreversible memory loss can you imagine oh, no. nine years old and losing your memory altogether Oh my gosh. Was it like short-term, long-term combination? It, all of it. Oh man. But yeah, it that's really scary. Terrifying. It was literally terrifying. <clears throat> I was 29 and losing my memory every day more and more and more, and no one could stop it from happening. Oh my gosh. I couldn't even depend on my own brain anymore. Imagine, like, you know, as humans, we think, oh, yeah. we can depend on our brains, we can depend on our minds. 
It thinks for itself, it remembers things, it stores information here. Not for me, I couldn't do it. My brain was what I would call a Teflon suit. Do you know what a Teflon suit is? Um, I think so, I can picture it. The metaphor, tell us. The metaphor is that a Teflon suit, everything just kind of slides off of it. Nothing clings, nothing sticks. So my mm -hmm. brain acted as a Teflon suit. So you could tell okay. me information, you give me details, you give me, you know, uh, any kind of information whatsoever, right? And my, mm -hmm. my brain could not, not the ability to absorb it, to retain it. To okay. It later on, it just slid it off. And yeah. let me tell you, it was terrifying. Terrifying. Like, yeah. So they found out. So I went through grueling, grueling measures for this disorder. So initially it started out a year and a half, almost two years ago with an overnight sleep study at Jefferson Center for Sleep Disorders. Because what happened was that started was I would feel this constant exhaustion that was never mm -hmm. relieved, never put into any sort of like, you know, mode of, oh, I'm treating it. I would sleep mm -hmm. for hours and hours and hours. And even then I'd wake up and just be just chronically fatigued. I thought something's not right. There's something going on here, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't just a physical exhaustion. That was interesting. It was a cognitive exhaustion too. My brain was tired all the time. Mm -hmm. I yeah. Couldn't think, I couldn't focus. I couldn't remember anything. I could hardly communicate anymore. I was practically bedridden for several months at a time. And mm -hmm. so I went to this doctor at Jefferson Center Sleep Disorders and they gave me this overnight sleep study and it was grueling. It was awful, a nightmare. They put you in this hotel looking room, right? Because they wanted to make you feel mm -hmm. comfortable, you know, or be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in a hotel room. Act like it's a hotel. I'm like, this is not a hotel. You have a million wires attached to my brain. You won't let me yeah. leave the room unless I walkie talkie you. I can't be oh, my no. phone. I can't watch television. I have to just stay still as, 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 as you know, as anything, you know? I'm like, yeah, this is not, yeah. not a hotel, okay? This is not a <laughs> you know? <laughs> I want a refund for my hotel room, okay? You know, this is not Seriously, because I wasn't planning on being half paralyzed, like. <laughs> right, and I would have this walkie talkie and this monitor, like this voice monitor in my room. And if I wanted to get up, even to use the restroom, I'd be like, excuse me, um, I have to use the restroom, please. Um, can I please use the restroom? And they had to come and get me, get my wires attached from my brain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it my was gosh. Horrible. But then the worst part came the next day. So it was a 24 hour sleep study, right? So mm -hmm. at night, they were testing for things like sleep apnea, which is another sleep disorder characterized by yes. the ability to breathe properly while you're sleeping, right? Which is also mm -hmm. scary, you know, in a different way, scary in a, in a different way, right? But yeah, the yeah. time was meant for what I eventually was diagnosed for. And this okay. nightmare a hell on its own. Basically, what they had me do was they wanted to test my ability to fall asleep and wake up, which was absolutely poor at that point. Really, just poor. Mm -hmm. but what they would do is they would have me fall asleep for 15 minutes, one five, 15 minutes, wake me up, 15 minutes, oh. go to sleep, 15 minutes, wake me up, 15 minutes, go to sleep, 15 minutes, wake me up. All day long. Gosh, and you're already suffering from exhaustion. How frustrating. And oh and my one goodness. of the characteristics of this disorder is that you have a tremendously difficult time waking up. I mean, okay. waking up when I was in the depths of this condition was the worst part of my day. The worst part of my day. Imagine waking up for your day was the worst part of your day. Oh, yeah, that's rough. If you experience what people would call sleep drunkenness, Sleep inertia. Mm. Those are the terms they're used in this world. 
of yeah. feeling like you literally feel like you're you're drunk, you're inebriated when you wake up from mm-hmm. sleep. Not from alcohol, not from substance abuse, from sleep. Yeah, and again, how scary. <laughs> scary as anything, right? And so they had this test and they're like, oh, um, by the way, if you fall asleep when you're not supposed to, it can ruin the entire study. And I'm like, oh, love to hear that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. They're like, try, just try not to. I'm like, try, try not to. What do you, what do you try not to? Yeah, like, like. It could potentially destroy the whole study. Oh my God, no pressure, no pressure at all. By the no way, pressure. this is actually going to be the most stressful thing ever. Exactly. <laughs> so I had this study, right? It was terrible. I cried like a, just like a baby right yeah then came the appointment afterwards they said you have what's called idiopathic hypersomnia now mind you most specialists have really no information on this condition none i went to two of the most well-renowned specialists in the philadelphia area and none yeah. of them could tell me whether this was a progressive disease or not imagine mm. tell me whether it's progressive or not but i asked them point blank verbatim i said please tell me is this progressive because my condition has gotten dramatically drastically worse since being yes. diagnosed tell me is this normal is this to be expected and they said i don't know i don't know these same specialists Great. within months both told me and it was the most heartbreaking thing i had heard at that moment in my life they told me sharmila i'm sorry we've tried everything on you we can't help you anymore best of luck to you oh my gosh i can't even imagine best of luck to you I tried eight different pharmaceutical medications used to treat this disorder. Eight. None these doctors? None were effective at all. None of them even made a dent in my condition. None. Yeah. So did you also have any other side effects from them since it was so experimental on what was even going uh, on? So it made it worse. I would say like the severity okay. of my condition was worsened by this, by these medications, which is, is so, it's so screwed up if you think about it. Like yeah. Yeah. Desperate, for, desperate for an answer, desperate for some sort of like feeling of okayness. And yep. let me just take it and they feel worse, not better, worse. Yep. And I have two doctors who are trained physicians study this half their life tell me uh can't help you anymore sorry yes just totally heartbreaking and just you know makes you want to give up and be hopeless and um and this is what what i'll tell you is that i had this condition from a year and a half right and Mm -hmm. december of last year december 2022 i made the decision that i wanted to end my life just like that I said, I literally cannot do this anymore. This is not a matter of being depressed. Yeah. It's not a matter of having anxiety. This is not a matter of, you know, I don't want to be alive. I can't be alive under these circumstances. I cannot be a person under these circumstances. I cannot. Yeah. I couldn't do yeah, anything that's... anymore. I would wake up at about four o'clock in the afternoon every day, four o'clock, mm-hmm. bedridden until 4 p.m., grudgingly get out of bed at four. Barely stay awake for more than an hour at two at a time. Couldn't go out with friends, couldn't laugh, couldn't sing, couldn't dance, couldn't speak. It was, yes. it was so jarring. It was unreal. And the worst part was kind of what we mentioned before. I felt so mm-hmm. alone in this. Because there yes. was no yeah. single person in my direct life that had the same condition. And the reality was that if you didn't have this same condition I had, you couldn't understand what I was going through. 
You just couldn't. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I too. But my God, would have been nice if someone understood. Someone yeah. Understood. And actually know what you're feeling. Yeah. And again, it's at such a young age where how can you possibly relate to money other people about it as well in, in your circle? You know, like, oh, my and goodness. people thought I was lying. People thought oh. I was making up stories and getting and wanting attention, seeking attention. I thought, how dare you? This is destroying me. And you think I'm doing this for my own pleasure? My own. Right. Pain? Yeah. No, I'm like you wouldn't suicidal. wish that on anyone, I'm sure. I'm actively suicidal for six. <laughs> Six months wishing I was dead every second of every day and you think I want this or I asked for this it was terrible and for six months of active oh, sorry to hear. yeah after six months right every day my family and I would have phone calls and they would be the most devastating calls you could ever imagine so my mm -hmm. family is very close with me I'm very close with my family I'm extremely unspeakably grateful for them but this mm -hmm. devastated them beyond recognition to see yeah. Because every single day for six months, I would be on the phone crying, weeping hysterically, saying, guys, I am so sorry, but I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. You, you have to understand and you have to just accept that I'm not going to be here anymore. And they're like, no, we could never do that. We could never yeah. take you. I will never say it's okay for you to die. I said, mom, dad, sister, brother, I can't do it. I just can't. I've reached the end of my rope. I've reached what's end. I, I can't do this. I physically am not able to. Mm -hmm. And that's when I learned the difference between wanting to die versus feeling you had no choice but to die. Interesting. Yeah. Because can, before my that. depression and anxiety and everything I went through with you know early adult years, it was yeah. I wanted to die. It was up to me that I wanted to die. I wanted to do it. When mm -hmm. I got condition and it got worse in a hurry. It was no longer me wanting to die. I didn't want to die at all. I wanted yeah, to be alive, yeah. But I felt I couldn't be alive under those circumstances, under those paralyzing, you know, problematic details. I couldn't be alive. Yeah, it was very physical and not just mental per se. There was right, a much was more physical aspect. And when yes. you have yeah. a neural condition, it is literally the most terrifying thing. It is terrifying. When your brain is not cooperating with you anymore, oh my God, it is scary beyond belief scary yeah and all i want and i i thought terrible things i thought i just want to die all the time that's all i could think about for six months all i could think about every day was please 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 something happened where i just am put out of my misery once and for all you know yeah and i couldn't talk to anybody about it i couldn't how do you talk to someone about that how do you tell them that right you can. Yeah, yeah. So not yeah. only was I suffocating internally, I was suffocating externally as well because I couldn't share mm -hmm. what was on my mind. And and my parents and my siblings were just devastated in despair. I can't imagine. I'm very close. I'm a very close family as well. So it's just seeing people you love go through things and you can't or feel like you can't do much to help them they is just heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and no matter what they said, no matter what they did, I didn't want to be alive. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter. And it wasn't that I didn't love them. The only reason I even hung on was because of them. Literally, if yeah. it wasn't my family, I told them, I'm like, guys, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even be where I am right now. It wasn't for you. Yeah. And Which, 
thank you for oh, sharing gosh. this and that you had you did have a support system thank goodness because i'm like you said that's such a fundamental piece to your journey and being it here today so fundamental piece so fast forward so that was december and i wanted to do it and i had you know every intention i said i just i can't do this anymore i just absolutely cannot live like this anymore this is not living it was ruining my quality of life i was surviving i wasn't living at all you know yes. at 4 yep. barely staying awake feeling too too lethargic to do anything at all like I, I, I even showering was difficult on some days because i just had no energy mm -hmm. i had no physical energy to do anything i wanted to do at all anymore yeah yeah at 29 years old it was it was absurd and then in january i made the decision with the new year 2023 i was going to seek holistic health care as a measure and it was grudgingly mm -hmm. it wasn't like oh yay can't wait okay, gotcha. no, no, yeah no, no, not at all i was like oh my god i don't know what else to do i mm -hmm. can't give up i can't do that to my family i can't upset them that way i can't deficit their lives that way what else can I do? I thought yeah. holistic. Now in this practice and in this kind of like field, holistic is actually not very much like light, I would say. Um, especially yeah. with go through. It's not, they're not like, yeah. yay. They're like, no, yep. no. Pharma only, big pharma only. Yeah, and that, that's why they reacted like that. Right, when I was doing big pharma only, you know that they gave me a medication that's literally, li literally, legitimately liquid GHB, a date rape drug. Oh my gosh. And they, they told me that. They're like, this is liquid GHB. This is a date rape yeah, drug. Yeah, here, you know. And you have to take no it twice problem. a night. Every night. Oh, horrifying. Every night. Every night. And then, you know what's ironic? That's the only FDA approved medication for this condition is liquid GHB. Why is why why is it fda approved like and people experience extremely negative side effects as a result of this mm. lawsuits about this medication i almost oh, no. because i developed suicide ideations even worse than i already had experienced as a result of this medication oh my gosh and i mean this with this medication you had to so it's so odd it was very bizarre the way it was set out you had to take one dose it's liquid terrible liquid taste right one dose mm -hmm. just before sleeping and you had to be in bed, literally pajamas on, covers on, everything, because it will knock you out like a drug. You had to be okay. in bed already. Yeah. Jeez. Take it. And then you had to set an alarm for four hours and 45 minutes after your first dose to wake up brutally and abruptly in the middle of the night to take your second dose every night. What? Like, what? That just doesn't even sound helpful at all. It wasn't, it was literally not even I talking about the chemical it. side of it. I dreaded it, completely dreaded it. And I said, I'm not taking this. This is ridiculous. I am not taking this anymore. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So big pharma was encouraged only exclusively for this mm -hmm. condition. And to the point where I had this forum I was a part of, I'm actually no longer a part of it. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I was okay. forum in, on Facebook for people that suffered from IH, my condition. And it was mm -hmm. the only place I felt less alone in because I yeah. felt so alone in every other aspect of my life. No one knew what I went through. Even my own parents who would do anything to see me smile and laugh, couldn't really understand what I went through with this condition. But these people, yeah. these strangers online, they did. And it was helpful in some ways, I will say. In some ways it was beneficial. It gave me insight and perspective and made me feel less alone. But it was also harmful mm -hmm. in many ways too because these are people that are in the depths of their despair, the depths of their doom discouraged, okay. 
feeling just completely <clears throat> just, you know, disheartened by what they go through. And reading from them was not very good for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I can see that. I and, can see how that happens fast. And there was one girl, I'll never forget, there was one girl who one day she made a post about neurofeedback, which is the treatment that I'll get to in a minute, which I do now. And I'm nearly finished. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. There's 24 mm -hmm. sessions total. And I've just finished number 19 out of 24. Awesome. Exciting. But there was one girl, young girl, probably my age, who said, hey, guys, I just wanted to give you a little bit of hope and let you know that I tried neurofeedback and it's actually helping me. And it's actually making a difference. And let me tell you, people absolutely destroyed her. I oh, mean, my gosh. Viciously. Oh. Viciously. They're like, get out of here with this. Just because you think it works for you, doesn't it work for everyone? And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I know that. I'm trying to give you <laughs> hope that, like, there is something that might work. Not will, but might work for you. Yeah, if you want to try it. I didn't say you had to try it. She was a villain, literally. Like, she was just a Aww. villain in her mind. And But that inspired, that, that intrigued me. I was like, what is this thing she's talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So in January, for the first time, I met with the well-renowned Dr. Yang of the Yang Institute. And he has locations in Rittenhouse Square Park, as well as Bryn Mawr. And he is known okay. for the country for his contributions to neurology, holistic mm -hmm. care, psychiatry, and acupuncture specialty. And awesome. well-known in so many aspects. In fact, my therapist knew about how well he was before I even knew. And I thought, Ooh. wow. Not yeah, well. that's impressive. He said something like, I'm like, wow, okay. You know, let me find <laughs> out. You know, let me find out. Yes. <laughs> my first intake appointment with him was it was it was devastating it was depressing it was was I said Dr. Yang I don't think I can ever get better I said I like that you want to think that I'll get better but you have mm. understand I've been through the past year and a half of my life I tried eight medications two specialists three different other programs and nothing's worked nothing even made a dent here I am suffering more than I ever have feeling hopeless beyond recognition what makes you think yep. you can help me and he's like, I just need you to believe me, Charmel. I just need you to believe in this. And at mm -hmm. first I thought, I, I, I can't, I just, I can't do that. I, I don't have the bandwidth, the capacity to do that anymore. But let me tell you, this neurofeedback has changed my life in the most radically beautiful way, in a way I could have never imagined or envisioned it would ever do for me. Oh my gosh. That's, I'm oh, tell us more because... I'm healing from a condition that I thought would murder me in the end. Yeah, you thought, you know, it was like the condition or you, and the condition was winning. Exactly. And now I'm able to have this conversation, this dialogue. Yes. Do you think I could have done this four months ago? Mm -mm -mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is crazy. Ago, I could have done it four months ago. Now I wake up every morning at 8 a.m like that yes. natural okay. energy not alarm or anything 8 a.m yeah, yes. i'll make a smoothie for myself i'll meditate and do yoga i could not do any of that before at all oh at my gosh all. that would be something before i ever entertained it as an idea for myself four months that's an incredible incredible amount of time <laughs> and I'm the happiest I've ever been, the most alive, inspired, 
passionate, confident, empowered, encouraged, motivated, driven, ambitious that I've ever been in my whole life because of neurofeedback. Seriously amazing. Like, I hope they know <laughs> how powerful it is that the, what they're doing and changing people's lives they because hearing you say that. this is like. So Dr. Yang, the doctor that I see, he's the one who oversees all my treatment. I don't see him every time I'm there. I go there twice a yeah. week, every week, Mondays and Wednesdays for the neurofeedback. And he hasn't seen me often because he's you know head of this clinic. So he obviously has a lot to do, you know, but yeah. I'll never forget two weeks ago, he saw me for the first time since my intake in January, first time since then. And he literally said, Shamila, I didn't even recognize you. You're an entirely different person. You are glowing more than I've ever seen ever. And you know what he said? He said, I want to interview you about your experience with neurofeedback so I can share it with the world and inspire them to try it too. Yes, like this is literally history in the making, like what you're going through and just how alone you felt. Like it's it's that rare. And they, like you said, there's still so much unknown. So this is exactly. mind blowing that you have this progress. It's completely non-invasive, completely non-invasive. It's not a medication. It's nothing of that okay. nature, toxins in your body, nothing. Yeah. What it does, it's very interesting. I'll explain what it does. It's very interesting, actually. And I, at first I'm like, this is a scam. This is like a host. <laughs> You know, yeah. is they did a QEG on me in the very beginning in January. It was called a specialized QEG. It's a specialized version of an EEG, which is a brain. Okay. Scan. Yeah. So the QEG measures your brain waves. Now there's five brain waves: alpha, mm -hmm. beta, delta, gamma, and theta, and they are all responsible for very various functions within your brain. What they mm -hmm. found from my brain scan, literally, was that all five or dead asleep all the time, literally. So like your eyes were wide open, but your brain waves were completely fast asleep at all times. Oh my goodness, whoa. And no one ever believed me. When I tell them, I'm like, my brain feels like it's broken. My brain feels like it doesn't work. My brain feels like it can't function. It's like, ah, oh, that, that doesn't seem right. I'm like, oh, it's right, but it's happening to me. Exactly, yeah. Like <laughs> That was the first time it was confirmed that what I said all those months and all those days, all those weeks was actually true. Wow. My brain was not That's huge. at all. Yeah. And they said it was a little bit concerning for us to see this. Like your brain is not functioning optimally at all. Not effectively, not efficiently at all. Yeah. It is asleep all the time. And so what they're doing every time I go in, every Monday and Wednesday, is what they'll mm -hmm. do is they'll have me watch my favorite movies, my favorite TV shows on Netflix. <laughs> they attach wires, just just one wire here, one wire here, one wire here, and one wire here to each of the, the lobes of the brain, right? Okay, yeah. So what they do is they're retraining my brain to work mm -hmm. and function more optimally. Okay. They're literally retraining it every time. Yeah session and oh my god it is working wow and so it's like physical therapy but in the holistic world like that's what it sounds like for the brain exactly yeah and yeah non-invasive i don't feel anything i'm enjoying my favorite films and television shows and laughing and feeling inspired by them amazing <laughs> my life is nothing like it used to be like so for instance one thing that was interesting about my condition was that i couldn't learn anymore I didn't have the ability to learn. It was an inability. I could not process new information. Because like I said, it was like mm -hmm. a Teflon suit, right? So Teflon suit, yeah. off of it. Nothing stuck. 
So how can I learn anything new? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. So you're like the same from that exact moment, basically a All year ago time. or whatever it was. And it was, yeah. it was like it was, it was, it was scary. It was terrifying. And I had these things where I could not listen to new music anymore because it overwhelmed mm. me. I thought I can't process the new music. Imagine it's something yeah. you know, as therapy. I couldn't do it anymore because my brain wouldn't process it, wouldn't cooperate with me. Now I love listening to new music. Now I, love <laughs> TED Talks. now I love learning and understanding and reading and writing and digesting information. I love these things now. I thought yes. I could do them before. Yes. And like everything that you, you know, that was so true to you that you loved about life is reinvigorated again. Like, and what's interesting you say that too, is that my dad one time, he was like, wow, it's like the old you is back. I'm like, dad, no. This is a brand new me, a me I've never loved more in my whole life. Yes. yes. What I found too was that it was helping me on a bigger level than I even thought. It wasn't just helping my IH, it was helping my anxiety that I suffered from all my life, my depression mm -hmm. that crippled me from the age of 16, my fears, my worries, my doubts, my insecurities, all of these things, it was treating with the neurofeedback. Wow. And, you know, that just goes to show you the power of the mind in a different way. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so this idea of a neuroplasticity where our brains are constantly molding and shaping and reforming. So even mm -hmm. with trauma and hardship and and brain injury, you know, we can actually still get better. Our brains yes. can regenerate. Yeah. And we don't talk about that enough as the incredible, amazing thing that it is, that it can yeah. do that. Like truly, exactly. uh, I have definitely, I've been through a traumatic brain injury as well. And I've been to that point where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do the things that I normally used to do. I used to be able to, you know, get through my classwork and tests and everything. Yeah. Normal. I had, I mean, I had now it's like, off. wait, I had what? A, like, a whole year off of, of college. And I felt so, I felt so like a failure. I was like, what is wrong yeah. with you, Trilla? <clears throat> oh my goodness. I, the life I live today is the life I've always dreamed of living. The little girl, the inner child inside me is so happy and so proud of me for how far I've come. Oh, so beautiful. Such a beautiful story. I'm so grateful that, to hear this story and to have you share this with my, the listeners in the audience, because wow, um, I, you know, I didn't know where this was going to go hearing your story. And this is so impressive. And I'm so happy for you and proud. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank oh, you for allowing me to be on this show with you as well. It was, it's such a privilege, a pleasure and an honor to be here with you today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I just want a quick plug. Thank you for telling your story again, because um, a family member of mine was recently diagnosed with something and she's more interested in the holistic route. And you know, she wasn't having great luck with her primary care team. And I, uh, once you, I heard about Yang Institute, I brought it up to her as one of the options she could explore. You know, she didn't have to go to the traditional route. She, you can give her my number, my information. I would love to speak to her about it too. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So she was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do a consult because, you know, she's having a reaction from the medications or temporarily giving her to quick fix the other situation and it's just like no 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 this is we need to figure out this why will, this, this is will happening change you in ways that you never envisioned things could change for you literally yeah. I mean I never thought I would live the life I'm living today ever in my life I I can imagine and I the one thing I also want to say that I love that he brought up was like you have to believe that you can heal and that's something I talked about in one of my previous episodes is that the it's proven that the belief 
in your healthcare team in you getting better with your condition is directly related to how much better you can actually get. If they or you don't believe that you can heal and get better. Called, then yeah, won't. it's actually called self-efficacy. Your ability to believe in yourself and your abilities to continue moving yes. forward, sell and prosper. Self-efficacy is a necessary fundamental idea that you need, any person needs in order to yes, exactly. Fundamental, exactly. So it's, I love that you brought, you mentioned that. And I love that he brought that up because that's a big difference between traditional big pharma medical mm -hmm. type of care. They don't care whether you believe in them care. or not. They're like, we're going to give you <laughs> medicine regardless. <laughs> exactly. And if you refuse, they, they have an attitude a lot of times. Or, yeah, you know, absolutely. Their own, or they think you're being resistant or oppositional. Mind you, like, you're like, this is my body, my brain. Yes. Yes. And they forget that, like, you know, they work for you. It's not the other way around. Like I right. don't have to work with you. Like I'm your paying you for the services. <laughs> yes. Like we don't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. This gosh. has been absolutely divine. I mean, truly a moment and experience of divine intervention. I feel like we've had today, and I am endlessly yes. grateful and thankful to you for giving me this opportunity, this platform to speak on my story and speak my truth. Thank you so much for this yes. wonderful moment and this wonderful experience. Absolutely. Thank you again. I truly appreciate it as well. Um, so I just want to wrap it up with, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Okay, just one thing? Try. <laughs> so I would say, if I could be remembered for one thing, it would be having a soft heart in a world that wants your heart to be hard. Yes. Being open yes. and receiving and giving a love, even when the world has told you that your love means nothing or that it's not valued or important. Staying, you know, full of wonder like a child would, even when your world has looked like nothing but terror and pain and doom. Yes. I want to go that. I, oh my gosh, spot on, spot on. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. That is empowering. That's powerful. I love the positivity in that. And I totally just feel that from you. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully said. And one thing I'll add to that too, is that yeah. I think what's interesting too, is I'm doing very well in my life and I'm very grateful for where I've come from. I'll never forget where I've come from. I've always humble myself every day about it. But mm -hmm. I have found that people in my life, there are some that are not happy that I'm happy. In fact, they liked it more when I wasn't doing well. And I've lost yeah. friends. Oh, and what's interesting about that is that I still wish those people the best. I still yes, wish them exactly. I have no resentment in my heart against you. No malicious intent or ill evil energy towards you. I hope mm -hmm. you eat. I, yes. I mean, I'm my table, but I still hope you eat, you know? Yes, I love that. And that's what I feel is the true peace that you found within your situation. And, you know, like you said, I, I totally wish that and everybody when you're dealing with someone or people in your life that just can't move forward with you or accept right. the new you. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and what was your second question? So the other thing, um, if you could give the audience, the listeners, one favorite or your best mental health or anything really in the wellness space, like tip or hack. I would say, and it relates to this poster here, which is ironic, but yes. <laughs> I would say do as much as you can to be kind to your mind. And that could be simple, small things every day. That could be just challenging mm -hmm. negative self-talk. 
when you feel it emerges inside of your brain. If you feel a thought come up that says, I'm unlovable, I'm not worthy, I don't deserve good things, I'm a failure, take a few moments to say, wait a second, why did I say that to myself? What was the root of that? What made me think that that was true or accurate or correct? And how can I challenge that thought? Yes, great one. And I encourage you to take anyone, you know, listening to this to take their time sometime this week to think about that and just process that for yourself. And, you know, you never know what will come up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was such a pleasure, a privilege, and an honor to be here with you today. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Um, and just one last time, let everyone know where they can find you online. Of course. So my Instagram is whatever Sharmila, S-H-A-R-M-I-L-A. My email address is also included in my biography. So if you feel you want to ask me a question or you heard this podcast today and you're like, oh, you know, I want to know your insight on this, feel free to email me. I'm always open to that. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you again for coming on the podcast today. You have an amazing day, rest of the week. Stay shining, (laughs) stay golden. All right, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope this was helpful for you and you learned something new. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey and are looking for some support and accountability from someone who's been where you are, then feel free to fill out my one-to-one nutrition and health coaching application. I would love to be that person for you. The link to the application is in the show notes of this episode. I promise it's super short and simple. As always, thank you so much for listening and joining me on another episode of Holistic by Nature. If you've enjoyed this topic, be sure to not only subscribe to the podcast to get updates on new episodes, but also leave a review and five stars, please, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow along on Instagram at Holistic by Nature Podcast for inspiration and podcast updates. Until then, have a blessed week. You're listening to Holistic by Nature.